0: This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins.
1: Let's bring in William Bush. He is host of Out of Bounds on 105.5, The Roar in Clemson from noon to 3 Eastern. Also host of the Clemson Tailgate and Fifth Quarter Shows and play-by-play for Clemson Baseball and Women's Basketball. He is a Clemson man through and through. William, good morning to you. And before we get to the actual football team, since we have been talking about Great college football traditions on this show. Explain to us, or, or at least to me, because I'm the goober on this show, Howard's Rock and the tradition there.
0: All right. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. Um, yeah. I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to chat about Clemson. Um, Howard's Rock is interesting. Long story short, Frank Howard, legendary Clemson coach. Um, this is decades ago, like in the, uh, I think in the 50s, uh, late 40s, early 50s. Uh, somebody brought him a rock from Death Valley. This was when um, the coach at Presbyterian College uh, referred to Memorial Stadium at Clemson as Death Valley because his teams went there to die. And um, so that, that's how that name got started. LSU has another thought, but um, I don't respect that, um, <laughs> that Clemson was called Death Valley first. Anyway, uh, I, um, I, the story goes that the guy brought it to Coach Howard, and he's like, what do I do with this? And so he basically made it a doorstop in his office. Well, then one day he just kind of got the idea what if we, you know, make it a good luck charm or something? And uh, they, would, they would dress at Old Fight Field House, which is across the street from the stadium. And so one day they just kind of put the rock out there and said, you know, you're going to rub that rock. And uh, Clemson people know Coach Howard's famous saying is, if you're not going to give 110% and keep your filthy hands off my rock. And so he told the team that and went down, won the game. And now they rub it before every game, and it's a it's a neat thing for Clemson people. Um, it's kind of an emotional experience, it's a romantic experience. It's a it's a it used to be better when they let them put like eighty thousand balloons in the air, and it was visually cool. Um, but even so, it's a it's still a neat thing and a tradition that Clemson people hold very tightly. Yeah, the other tradition that Clemson football has is I feel like they always play a cakewalk of a schedule in the acc (laughs) and you look at the schedule this year and it feels like it's sticking with tradition when you look at the schedule what do you see as the stumbling points for clemson this year well first of all i will say when clemson was sort of starting to go to the playoff they did play a more difficult schedule um you referenced that 2016 nc state game where Not only did NC stages have to make an easy field goal, but they threw a pass in the end zone that was intercepted in overtime. I hate to bring it up. But in that season, (laughs) Clemson beat seven ranked teams. Yeah, sorry about that. Clemson beat seven ranked teams that season. So it's not as if Clemson has played an easy schedule all the way through being very good. Now, I would say in recent years, one of the weaknesses that Clemson's had is that its schedule had not prepared it for the biggest stages Mm -hmm. and the biggest opponents the way that it did before because I would – I would argue that some of the Pittsburgh teams in the mid-2010s, obviously those NC State teams, Florida State was better, and you had different ways of preparing every week, different types of teams, so that even when you're playing a level up in competition, you still have kind of seen it all. You've seen air raid, you've seen ground and pound, you've seen different defensive looks. And so uh, maybe not the toughest schedule, but definitely a, a breadth and a depth of experience preparing them for the playoff. Last couple of years, I would say not really the case. This year, though, you look at the schedule. There's some tricky points. I tend to think NC State's going to be pretty good. I know people are talking about the the uh, the home games, but the road trip to NC State was Clemson lost to in double overtime two years ago. The last trip to Raleigh, Brandon Armstrong's reunited with uh, with his old uh, offensive coordinator from uh, from Virginia, Robert. And I, I think he's going to be the most prolific quarterback in terms of yardage, running and throwing. Any ACC this year, so I think that's a tricky spot. Obviously, Florida State in September is a is a tough one. Notre Dame is a tough one. Some people think uh, North Carolina is a tough one. Some people think the South Carolina trip is a tough one. I'm I'm not as bullish on those two teams necessarily, but I do think there are some tricky enough spots that Clemson can say they've got a decent uh, schedule this year. I, look on our shows. We've been killing Georgia's schedule all year because the SEC folks love to kind of rub Clemson's nose in it that their schedule's a cakewalk. Have you seen Georgia's schedule? I mean, they play like oh, yeah. 10 uh, – one of my colleagues would call them tomato cans. They play like 10 tomato cans. They may not play a ranked team till mid-November. So I think for Clemson, it's just nice to not have the easiest schedule in the elites in college football, or I guess the alleged elites in college football the way Clemson's looked the last couple of years. Uh, it, it's nice to pass that on to Georgia this year.
1: Oh. When you talk about Clemson, are we not giving the Tigers enough credit just because when you have this sustained success, when you make the college football playoff, you make the college football playoff, and then you take a small respite from that, are we sleeping on the Tigers a little bit just because they haven't been in the playoff super recently? You know, that's an interesting
0: question because at one point I would say yes. Um, Now, I came back from ACC kickoff in Charlotte with two main ideas in speaking with some of the ACC media and some of the national media. People were doggone sure that Clemson's defense is going to be really good, even though I've got questions and I'm closer to the situation. And then people were very sure that Garrett Riley, uh, the new offensive coordinator for the Tigers, is going to fix the offense. Um, If you believe both of those things, then you shouldn't be sleeping on Clemson. Because if the defense is back to a level that the custom, I mean, this is a top five to ten unit in the country almost every year for a decade. Last year they were probably a top 25, 30, 35 unit in the country. They just slipped a little bit. I mean, they've got as many as seven or eight guys that are going to get drafted in the next NFL draft potentially on this roster. They should be very good defensively. And then Garrett Riley has a great track record. Look at what he did at TCU. Uh, look at the talent that Clemson has that's been untapped because of a lot of reasons. I would say quarterback play is in there. Wide receiver play is in there, certainly. Um, offensive line, they missed on some of their older guys, so they've had to kind of recruit with urgency and play guys too early uh, at times on the offensive front. And so I think fixing some of those things will certainly help. Your question is, are we sleeping on Clemson? And, and I would say I, I kind of feel like Clemson is, is being treated fairly this offseason because they have looked kind of you know milk toast compared to where they were. You know, this is a this is a team that made six straight playoffs. Uh, Nick Saban's Alabama is the only team that had a run like that. And the last two years, um, you know, they were they were one point away uh, from from tying South Carolina. I guess two points away from beating South Carolina. If they beat South Carolina, it's very likely Clemson goes to yeah. the playoff last year. So it feels like they're they've been very far away the last two years. But last year, they actually kind of worked their way into that conversation uh, late in the season. There is a high bar here. Um, if anything, I would say one of the things that's been puzzling is that a lot of folks have elevated Florida State above Clemson in the ACC pecking order and in the playoff picking order. And uh, we were talking about this earlier this week. Florida State has been inside the top 10 zero weeks, zero, mm-hmm. since 2017. They played five entire football seasons without being in the top ten once, they're now eighth in the preseason because of what we think they might do based on a six-game win streak where they beat one ranked team and barely squeaked by two six-and-seven teams at the end of the year. So if there's any way that people are overlooking Clemson, I think it's this idea that Florida State has somehow earned their way into Clemson's category. we think Clemson's going to be better, and we still have to see it in a big game for Mike Norvell and Florida State. Ooh, some fighting words for Florida State fans, because you're right. All I've been hearing about is, oh, well, Florida State definitely can challenge Clemson for the ACC title. Let's look at the high-end potential for Clemson. What do you think the ceiling is for the Clemson team this season? I don't think it's national championship good. I might change my uh, tune on that, but I think offensive line, you've still got questions. They're breaking in a new left tackle. They've got a true sophomore at right tackle and they've built they've done a good job the last couple recruiting classes of building more depth but in the last two seasons they basically rolled with their starting five and that's not been good enough they're gonna have to prove to me that they can go eight deep on that offensive line to ward off injuries or inconsistencies and to be able to keep guys fresh I think the wide receiver position is a major question mark too I mean this is the this is the same school that had Sammy Watkins and Nuke Hopkins and Mike Williams and Deion Kane and Uh, Ray Ray McLeod and Artevis Scott and, uh, you know, Jordan Leggett at tight end and Dwayne Allen at tight end, like this is a school in the last uh, 10 years that's been as good as anybody at developing talent at the college level and then moving guys on to the pros. There is not a single wide receiver that scares you at Clemson and it really hasn't been in the last two years. I would say even three years ago, you had Amari Rogers and Cornell Powell, but there's not that high end like first round, second round caliber receiver they haven't had it since, uh, since T. Higgins left uh, to go to the Bengals. So to me, those are two major questions and the reasons why I'm not sure that this team is national championship good. I do think this team is good enough to get to the playoff. Uh, here's another great stat for you. Clemson, before it lost to South Carolina last year, had the nation's longest home winning streak. They lost to South Carolina by one point. They had four possessions with the ball at the end of the game, down by one, and couldn't score with one of the best field goal kickers in the country. That's a total failure. That's why they made a change at offensive coordinator because they couldn't score at the end of the game against South Carolina, couldn't even move the ball. And then they moved it in the red zone against Tennessee and couldn't get touchdowns in the bowl game. To me, this team is playoff good if they do one of those two things. If they're scoring in the red zone, if they've got a consistent kicker, if they're able to move the ball inside the 20, I think they're gonna get touchdowns more often than not. So I do think they're the best team in the ACC. I think they're playoff good. A lot of things that have to come together for that to be true. I, I do think a lot of folks want, especially around here, they want Clemson to be national championship good, and there's just some things that I'm going to have to see to believe with this team before I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt there.
1: Check him out as host of Out of Bounds on 105.5 FM, The Roaring Clemson from noon to 3 daily, also host of the Clemson tailgate and fifth quarter shows and play-by-play for Clemson baseball and women's basketball as well. It is welcome. William Qualkenbush. William, great stuff. We appreciate some great knowledge from the Tigers. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. This is fun.
0: For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.